0: Welcome to Coffee Time Conversations on Art, Faith, Life,
1: and of course, Coffee.
0: We are your hosts, Robert
1: and Rebecca Prince,
0: and we are so glad you joined us today. So this is uh, part two of our interview with Ryan Flanagan. And so if you have not listened to part one yet, you'll want to pause right here, go back and listen to part one, and then um, come back and listen to this one. So we'll be here when you get back. You know, I had such a great conversation with Ryan earlier this week, and I am so glad that we're able to talk about some of the things we're going to talk about. Specifically, we're going to talk more about Lent this week, and uh, really looking forward to that. And when I think about Lent, our kind of our first exposure to Lent, um, <laughs> I, I just I can't help but remember the story of when you first started at the University of Dallas, Rebecca. And so, the University of Dallas is a private Catholic university. People should know that. And we had no exposure to liturgical practices.
1: Um, or the, or or the, the church Catholic, calendar. Yeah, the or church the, calendar.
0: Or the Catholic church in general. The things Catholic like that. traditions, and so, really. Yeah.
1: It was almost 10 years ago. Yeah. And I am the administrative assistant for the art department. Yeah. And people come into my office often asking questions or needing help or assistance with something. It is not uncommon uh, because it's the art department for them to have paint or charcoal (laughs) or different things on them. Yeah. And a girl came in and was asking me questions on Ash Wednesday. Yeah.
0: And so this was your first spring semester. You'd already been there the fall semester.
1: Yes. And I was not familiar with Ash Wednesday. She came in and she had a... Black smudge on her forehead, right? And I thought it was charcoal yeah. from a drawing class. So I mentioned to her that she had something on her forehead, and she was like, "Yeah, it's Ash Wednesday." And I was so embarrassed that I did not know <laughs> yeah. that was a thing, right? right. Um, but she she handled it well, and we we got over it, and. It was fine, but I really yeah. was embarrassed by the fact that I didn't know yeah. about Ash I, Wednesday. I
0: remember, I remember that time well, and I, you know, with that being our first exposure to um, the Catholic tradition, or you know, Lent, Ash Wednesday, things like that. Um, I just every time I think about Ash Wednesday, I think of that episode um, because that was. I mean, it's funny looking back on it now. Uh, at least for me, maybe it was kind of kind of funny at the time it, for me too.
1: <laughs> it is um, definitely memorable yeah. and now when Ash Wednesday comes around I definitely take note of what time of year it is right so that when people come to my office with ashes on their forehead I don't um, say something that I yeah. will regret
0: yeah and you'll you'll actually be on vacation Ash Wednesday this year so you don't have to worry about it I will yeah. no one will know <laughs> yeah well and and now you know you've been a part of uh, the university now. Uh, 10 years, and so that's introduced us to some liturgical practices and more um, uh, of the church calendar and things like that, Yes, because they they really embrace that, um, being a private Catholic university.
1: They do, and I don't go to Mass and participate in a lot of the services, but um, I am aware of them. They're happening around me, and uh, we talk about them and that sort of thing, so um, I'm much more knowledgeable of what they are, right? even if I don't actually participate.
0: Well, and so, you know, with Ash Wednesday coming up here in just a few days, um, I just thought that was uh, a story that I had to ask you about, and so (laughs) I'm glad you shared it with our listeners, too, because uh, it's just a, a fun little, you know, it was embarrassing for you at the time, yes, but... Uh, at the same point, you know you grew up in a Pentecostal tradition, uh, no exposure to liturgical practices whatsoever, right. and um, what knowledge I had mostly come from a Pentecostal background uh, since I had met you and uh, Baptist background when I was in my teens a little bit. yeah, and so I really had no exposure to to those things as well. I'm just excited today to really Uh, this episode to share with people more about Lent and the church calendar. Ryan's going to talk to us about those things and maybe some practical things for people who are interested. Um, You know, so much of this for myself is out of ignorance, right? I just, I didn't know what I didn't know until I really started looking into it and reading about it. Um, You know, so many of these subjects, it feels taboo almost in the church background that you and I have—it's just not talked about. We don't talk right. about Lent. We don't talk about Advent or the more liturgical practices and uh, Ash Wednesday. Right. And it's always seemed a little um, taboo, a little like don't don't mention that. We don't talk about that. And I don't know that that's true, but we definitely don't talk about. It, so it's not encouraged to ask questions and to investigate it and find out more right. about it. Um, so the last few years, as I've been getting as I've been getting more inquisitive. And interested in liturgical practices, of course, I've been reading more about them. So, so I'm really happy that we get to bring this conversation with Ryan uh, to our listeners.
1: So let's listen to part two of your conversation with Ryan Flanagan.
0: Okay, let's do it. Well, with Lent, of course, coming up here, and just. Uh, a little over a week, I guess, is, is starting here, right? February 17th. Yep. Um, I want to just really just have a conversation with you about the season we're going into from a liturgical perspective mm-hmm. and just start at the simplest thing. What is Lent and kind of mm-hmm. why is it observed? And so if you want to
2: dig into that. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, I'll keep it as simple, simple as it is. I mean, Lent means springtime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's nothing really... About intimidating about it, right? everybody loves spring <laughs> right and uh, I'm going to take a little step back because you mentioned advent yes, um so the Christian year uh as Christians, we actually have a calendar this is in 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 my experience, the Christian calendar is the easiest on ramp for beginners into kind of the liturgical things, just exploring the liturgy. Or just yeah. tearing down um, barriers of uh, intimidation, kind of that surround uh, the, the liturgical things. Um, the calendar begins with Advent, um, which is the season that we, uh, the four weeks in which we prepare for the coming of of Christ, Jesus on Christmas. Um, and so it's the, it's the time when Jesus is in the womb, right? Uh, we're 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 awaiting the coming of Jesus, and then of course Christmas is the coming of Jesus, and Christmas is twelve days long, uh, and then on January sixth, um, it's Epiphany, uh, the revelation of Jesus to the world as the Savior of the Gentiles and, and of the whole world, and then uh, we have a, a season after Epiphany um, that goes for anywhere from you know five to Nine weeks, eight weeks, depending on when uh, when Easter is going to fall that year. Um, yeah. and, and then we come to the season of Lent. Um, so, the season of Lent, uh, and, and let me just say one more thing about the Christian year. The Christian year simply walks the believer with Jesus from his conception, through his birth, his life, his ministry, his his death his resurrection his ascension uh his um to his coming again right that that's all that the the calendar does it's a time it's a chronological timeline in which we can walk with jesus every year from his conception oh, wow. to his coming again it's very simple um and it gives us a way to mark time and as my pastor and bishop says uh, the church doesn't move through time time moves through the church and so we get our mm. cues our our worship cues from the life of Jesus yeah. um and so lent is a um is a penitential season it's one of the two you know pe- big penitential seasons of the church advent being the other one but lent being an, a time of extreme penitence uh in which we as most people know, you, you give up something, you fast from something, you refrain from something, but it's so much more than that. Um, mm-hmm. Lent is, it's a 40 day season. If you don't include the Sundays, because every Sunday is a mini resurrection. It's a mini Easter, even during Lent. Uh, Sundays are technically not a part of. The season of lent but they are in the season of lent so there are 40 days not including sundays in lent and beginning on ash wednesday we basically walk with jesus through his 40 days in in the wilderness right tempted by satan in every way and um and in in a bigger sense in a macro christian story or judeo-christian story sense we're walking with the children of Israel through 40 years in the wilderness, trusting God for his daily provision um, of manna, and, um, and we are ultimately on this journey uh, walking with Jesus to his death, right? Because as, as we learn in the New yeah. Testament, um, we die with Christ, Um, in order to be raised with him. And, you know, as you practice and as you enter into the rhythms of the historic church and into the rhythms of this liturgical calendar, um, if you don't have Good Friday, if you don't enter with Jesus into his death in Good Friday, Easter doesn't make any sense, right? Um, Easter, Easter just sort of becomes, you know, a pastel... Easter egg <laughs> kind yeah. of holiday right uh, it right. loses its meaning because what is resurrection without death right and so Good Friday becomes in our tradition such an important um, such an important day and such an important um, absolutely vital like if 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 evangelicals can have a day of obligation it's Good Friday. <laughs> we must die with Christ uh, and you know I I uh, I don't want to sound overly reformed or um, Protestant right but like this is what Luther and the, the reformers were were saying like we gotta die with Christ the, the the cross isn't just some pretty little ornamented decoration that we hang in our worship spaces Um or we're around our necks, right? Like this is the place of the most, this is the the most abominable, damnable place in the history of the universe where all of the sin in the world was, was placed on Christ and crucified in him. Um, He brought it to death and, and we are, our sin nature is brought to death in Christ so that we can be raised with him on the third day. Um, And so Lent, being a forty-day season, ultimately in which we journey with Jesus to his death and his burial, and there are six Sundays in Lent, and the the seventh Sunday is Palm Sunday. Um, it's uh, a very dramatic day in which we reenact kind of our schizophrenia <laughs> as as believers, right? Where at the beginning of the day, we're singing Hosanna to the Messiah, the son of David, you know, who's coming into Jerusalem, you know, and and we think that he's coming to to overthrow the government forcefully, right. Um, but instead we see him on a donkey instead of a, a a white horse. and he's not carrying a sword, right? he's he's coming to die, but we think he's coming to forcefully kill you know the, the government yeah um and so by the end of the day we're screaming crucify him <laughs> at his tribunal or whatever it is and so um palm sunday is uh the beginning of holy week which is a, um technically it's a season in and of itself within within uh the the church year uh a, se- a season of of holy obligation um in which In the most passion filled way, in the most dramatic way, we are coming to die. And it's a, it's a, it's some, as human beings who forget, like this is something we need to remember every year. We need to reenact every year. Otherwise, before we know it, our, our Christianity, our Christian walk is so complacent and so self oriented and so just consumeristic or whatever, you know, we just go along with whatever cultural whims you know wherever it takes us Uh, we need this reminder annual reminder um, if not more frequent of our death with christ right which is why so many of the song so many of the hymns in our in the church and so many of the songs we sing are cross-centered or we praise the lord for his wonderful cross for his death right and so that's what the season of Lent is all about, you know, and, and it ends on that note. Like we get buried with him, right? That's, yeah. uh, and we, and that's very countercultural because, you know, we live in a Hollywood world of happy endings. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but the season of Lent ends with us being buried and, and being, and walk, going up to a room <laughs> with the disciples, utterly confused. Why didn't he yeah. win? Why didn't he? You know, he died. He died. Yeah, we're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> you <Right>. know, like <laughs> yeah, and that's where it ends. So happy Lent. Yeah, wow. So so yeah. we so we don't so we don't <laughs> say happy Lent. Right. Right. We do say good Lent though, and we don't celebrate. We don't celebrate Lent. We observe it. We observe Lent. Yes. We practice yeah. Lent. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Well,
0: and I, I I loved your explanation too of the church calendar and the background on that. So I, I can really appreciate that because I haven't heard it, heard it said that way. Um, and also just Lent. I mean, getting this uh, you know this explanation and uh, teaching really uh, about Lent and I guess some things I think of as you're as you're finishing up there. I was just starting to think, man, what does this mean for me? Somebody who who doesn't hasn't practiced. Lit- You know, the liturgical calendar, who has very little exposure to it. Um, Other than like for Advent, we picked up, um, you know, Tish Oxenrider's book and kind of just she gave us some background on Advent. And we just kind of did some picking and choosing and Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. felt it was definitely a part of our holidays that it had never been born and and definitely kept Mm -hmm. our focus on Christ um, a lot more than it probably had ever been. And definitely for a lot longer period Mm -hmm. um, than we ever had. And so, you know, so short of picking up a uh, one, two, three steps instructional booklet for observing Lent, um, how how do we? You know, of course, as we as we practice Lent and as we observe it, and as we find out more about it, we're going to continue to grow in our practices, right? We're going to continue to grow over the years. But how how would you um, just give that person who has no experience with this what's some practical steps that we could? practice so that we can how we can start orienting ourselves around walking with Christ, you know, from yeah. Ash Wednesday through his death and then ultimately through his resurrection.
2: And mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah. So not not even sure I actually asked you a direct question in there. <laughs> no, but I get I, it. Yeah.
2: No, it's yeah, it's yeah. the practical, you know, we've got ten minutes left, so we talk about like how we can put this into practice. <laughs> so it's meant to be done in community. Okay. Uh, all all of our Christian life is meant to be done in community, which is in some ways a countercultural thing, right? We, we uh, uh, America is constructed on this idea of like individual autonomy, like choose your own adventure. Nobody tells me what to do. Right. Yeah, and, right. and so probably the very first practical thing is find a few, few people to do this with. If your church isn't doing it, isn't observing Lent, find some people who will do it with you it's going to be a, a more fruitful um journey and experience um, and and you're probably uh you're going it's going, you're going to endure longer uh through it if you have people holding you up um as you do it yeah. um that being said part of part of our lenten journey is um it ought to involve our failure right to to mm. to keep it to 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 do it perfectly um jesus and, and that's kind of a reminder of jesus being the only one who can save us <laughs> jesus is the only yeah. one who can uh, uh can save like he's the only one who can keep lent perfectly he's the only one who can uh um overcome the temptations of the evil one perfectly right mm. we're going to fail yeah and that's fine, but if you fail alone, you're not going to get back up very easily. If yeah. you fail with a group of people, there's going to be somebody who's strong enough at the, at that moment to hold you up and to, and to carry you along right so the very very first yeah. practical thing is to do this in community with others. might just be within your own family um, or just a, a small group of people or or others but but on a on kind of a macro scale it's comforting to know that when you observe lent you are observing it with global christians like like this is a global thing this is more christians globally are observing lent than are not okay it's globally normative (laughs) to to uh to follow the church's calendar and so uh just knowing that you're not doing this alone Um, If you, if you are doing, if you are, you know, happen to be doing it alone, you're not doing it alone because you're doing it with millions and millions of of believers around the world. So that's comforting. Yeah. Um, Another practical uh, thing is kind of this, this, this idea of fast, fast from feast on, fast from feast on, right? You're not just giving something up um, for the sake of, you know, patting yourself on the back, you know. I'm giving up chocolate, I'm giving up um sweets, I'm giving up coffee. oh heaven forbid uh I'm giving up swearing, right No, that's not something you give up. that's something you shouldn't be doing anyway right so fasting <laughs> is fasting is giving up something that is good that is otherwise good, right, but that you're you you're choosing consciously to refrain from for the sake of feasting on Jesus, right yeah instead of that other thing right uh, and so um you fast from something in order to feast on jesus but some people it might be more fruitful to actually pick something up to pick up a practice of the of the christian faith um as as a discipline right so Sometimes it's better to think of your Lenten practices as Lenten disciplines, or fasting as as a discipline, rather than because it might be like a very very difficult thing for you to do yeah. to pick something up to pick up a practice that you know that would otherwise uh, you you'd otherwise never do right. Um, so yeah. as a, as good you know evangelical people, um, quiet time right. This idea of right. you know, hey, I'm going to read my Bible for ten minutes a day, like I used to do when I was a new Christian, right? Uh, or, right. or I'm going to spend some time in prayer or silence. Silence. Oh, oh what a wonderful, oh. what a wonderful <laughs> practice uh, for us yeah. to challenge ourselves to do, you know? Uh, and so you you start in the first week of Lent. You say I'm going to be I'm going to practice silence for one minute a day, right? Try to do it, right? Try to be silent for one minute a day. Uh, It's hard. You might only make it 30 seconds in that first week. But the second week, say, I'm going to be silent for two minutes a day. And the third week, I'm going to be silent for three minutes a day. You know, and, and during Holy Week, you can try to be a little bit more exponential in your increments. And, and on Good Friday, see if you can be silent for 30 minutes, you know, and, and not even not even doing anything else. Like, don't don't say I'm going to be praying during my silence. No, just try. To, just be silent. Like that's your practice. See what it does for your soul. It'll be transformational. <laughs> in our culture, yeah, yeah, you know. So yeah,
0: well, and I would like yeah, to add. It seems like not just silence. You know, si- silence. Um, as as I've talked about it with people over the last few years, you know, they're like, silence is not like silence we, we misinterpret sometimes as just not talking, you know? And so, um, that means I can do that while I'm mowing the lawn or I can do that while I'm mm-hmm. doing other things. But, uh, mm-hmm. the stillness for me, putting, knowing that for me, silence equals stillness, not just of my body, mm-hmm. but silence equals stillness of my mind. Also, um, that until I put those two together, it wasn't, it, it didn't really do anything for me. It didn't, I didn't, um, it it wasn't formative. It wasn't transformational. I, I didn't experience just because my mouth was shut doesn't mean I was actually right. open and listening to God right. Um, right. because I was doing other things. And so,
2: yeah, uh, silence and yeah, stillness. Just, I, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I, it's kind of like Sabbath, right? And Sabbath might be another practice, mm-hmm. right? That we that we bring. Yeah. Up. You know, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna. I'm going to put my phone down first on Saturday. (laughs) I'm not going to look at social media for on Saturdays or whatever it is. Uh, But Sabbath, I've heard it defined as um, not necessarily um, doing nothing. Right. But perhaps Sabbath could be defined as doing nothing that is necessary. Yeah. Uh, Giving up productivity basically. Right. Uh, And so it, it might be that working on your car is actually restful and 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 you know shabbat for your soul right uh, yeah. it might be that mowing the grass is has a sabbatical kind of quality to it um but you know ultimately and i meant to say this in 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 answering your last question about lent if you think about lent in terms of this this repenting i, I like to say lent is all about it's a season in which we repent and reorder our rhythms into Christ. Mm. Repent and reorder our rhythms into Christ. That's good. Um, and and then you, and then think about what rhythms I, I currently are currently make up my day. What is my rule of life? <laughs> what do I do every day? Um, and, and maybe find one of those things and say, I'm not going to do that during this season. And instead, I'm going to do this other rhythm. I, you know, I'm I'm going to do this other practice, um, whether it's silence and stillness or sabbatical or um, giving up sweets and praying for 10 minutes uh, a day. Think about what rhythms you currently uh what currently make up your life, and then choose something in that flow, set it aside for a season, and add something uh, that's intentionally Christ oriented.
0: Yeah, that's really great. Well, and I think for people without um, the, the history or experience in uh, liturgical practices or the church calendar, liturgical calendar, um, I think that. Um, is just some some practical ways that uh to not only give up but try to replace it with something more that you know god has called you to but maybe you've just not really listened well thanks so much for helping us understand lent a little better um you know i i I know it's it's such a big subject and so you you can't really explain it well and and get it into who we are as a being right Mm -hmm. um in an hour or less really (laughs) um but I, I think just making people more aware—I um, know that's been true for my own life over the last year and a half, two years—as I started investigating things more, just understanding it better and choosing. Uh, one of the things I really like about Tisha's book for, on Advent was that she's like, you know, don't don't be um, this radical person that says I'm got to do these twenty-five things for it to be successful, right? Mm-hmm. For you to for me to observe Advent perfectly. Mm. as you were talking right. about for Lent, right. um, I've got to do these 25 things. And if I don't do these 25 things, then I'm not going to do any of them because I'm just a screw up, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Mm. And so, well, let's just make progress. Let's let's concentrate on one thing that we can do and do well and enjoy and let Christ use that to catapult us maybe to other things.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if so, I can respond to that yeah. real quick. So, what I'm hearing is Let's, let's move from our idea of perfection and and trying hard and striving to, to do this perfectly from rules to rails. From rules Mm. to rails. Okay. It's not about keeping the rules. It's about getting on the rails that will take us into Christ likeness, into transformation, into the death of Christ. So I like to think of the liturgy in those terms. It's not about the rules. It's about the rails. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like that. Thanks for that. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. Well, again, thanks for helping us understand Lent. Uh, You know, I I appreciate you being here for that. Um, And I definitely think our listeners will too, and the people that we've heard from, even about Advent and some of the stuff we talked about around that. And so um, now before we go, if you have just a few minutes, we'd love to talk with you just a little bit more about um, your musical endeavors and – well, I, I know um, you know, you are uh, at least a co founder, if not the founder of uh I guess a musical project or maybe collective um group. I'm not sure what it is. You can oh, talk oh more about above. it, called <laughs> Okay. Uh called Liturgical Folk and um and I know you have several albums out, including one uh that released several years ago about Lent.
2: Um so yeah, tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. Liturgical folk. Um it is it is what it, it says it is. <laughs> It's, it sort of describes a category, a genre um, of music. And, um, and it, it's four years, five years ago, um, I struck up a partnership with a parishioner here who happened to be a retired priest. Uh, and he, he and I started writing hymns together. He's a poet and I'm a melodist. And so um, we started writing hymns. Um, At the same time, I was writing, I was composing um, melodies for some of the ancient prayers of the church in order to teach my children how to pray. And so we put the two things together, and and it became this project called Liturgical Folk, uh, ultimately with the the purpose of giving imagination to the church for um, music as spiritual formation. Music uh, with the aim of, uh, transforming our lives into Christ likeness. Um, so it, it, and, and I personally, I have a sort of philosophical, uh, after being, you know, in church, leading church music for 24 years, um, I have sort of landed on folk expressions of music or the folk, folk forms of music. Um, not necessarily like Bob Dylan folk, type stuff, but uh, the sound, the native sound, right? The sound that is resident in a place as um, the style, you know, folk styles of music being the sounds that are most accessible to people on the ground, people who are just living their lives on the ground, right? Uh, And so, um, liturgical folk music then, of course, would be taking the, the ancient prayers of the church, uh, this, the great stories of the Holy Scriptures, um, and putting folk sounds to them uh, in order to lead people into the story of Jesus. And so part of, uh, I think, our fourth, our fourth volume of music was uh, our Lent album, and it was a series of poems that Father Nelson wrote for, um, for each major service in the season of Lent. So as a liturgical church, we have, you know, there are six Sundays in Lent, uh, and then Palm Sunday, and then Maundy Thursday, oh, I forgot Ash Wednesday, Ash Wednesday begins Lent, and then first Sunday in Lent, second Sunday in Lent, third Sunday, fourth, fifth, Palm Sunday, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday. And and he wrote a poem for each of those days based on um, the prayers and the scriptures that are assigned to those services uh, in our prayer book. And um and then I wrote tunes to those. And I invited four of my friends, um other uh composers, songwriters, to uh to co tune those poems with me for for this project. Uh, and that is our Lent album, volume four of Liturgical Folk. Um, we have some featured artists on there, um singers such as Josh Gerrell's Um, Liz Vice, Lauren Gones, and a great vocal ensemble called Resound, who made an appearance on America's Got Talent this past season. Yeah, Uh, oh wow, yeah. So, um, it's and it came out two years ago. Um, and it came out right uh, just a month before Father Nelson passed away. It has a has a very, uh, Mm. um, it holds a very special place in my heart. Uh, sure. the, the Lent album does. Um, yeah. And then of course, Ad, Advent was the, the album that followed up Lent um, that next, or just, you know, 10 months later we released Advent. Yeah. Um, okay. And yeah, so that's, that's the, the idea behind the music project. Half of the albums, uh, half of the six albums we released are um, new hymns um, for, for liturgical, you know, kind of to, to invite us into the stories that we we, uh, reenact in our liturgical lives. Um, And then the other half of the albums are uh, service music. So the prayers set to music, um, like the Lord's Prayer, the Apostles' Creed, the Ten Commandments. Um, And then our most recent album is um, psalm settings, verbatim settings of the psalms, um, and that one came out um, in January 2020. And so okay. we don't know what we don't know what's next for the project. Our goal was to release six albums, six volumes of, of music in three years and we accomplished that miraculously. Oh, wow. wow that's so, great. Congratulations thank, on that. Yeah. Thank you. And we've been enjoying yeah. a, a little break from the recording.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I bet that's a pretty brutal uh, timeline. It felt feels yes. like at least. Well, where can uh, people find that music or find out more about liturgical folk, liturgical
2: folk.com? Um, we'll, you can okay. pretty much get wherever you need to go from there. Um, our, okay. uh, we have a band camp page. That's our store, uh, liturgicalfolk.bandcamp.com. liturgical Dot com. Um, Okay. And Spotify. You can hear all our music on all the streaming platforms. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Liturgical Folk is our handle at, in all of those places.
0: Okay, great. Well, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, and we'll definitely put links to those in show notes as well. And so appreciate that. Well, if people want to connect with you personally, um, you know, is there a good
2: place to do that? Yeah. Um, one place better than another? <laughs> I mean, Uh, You can direct message me at any of our social media handles, or you can email me at ryan at liturgicalfolk.com. Okay, great.
0: Well, I can't let you go um, without asking uh, these two follow-up questions that we try to ask all of our guests. So what is, do you have a favorite coffee or maybe a
2: blend or a coffee shop? Um, Yes, I do. Yes, I'm prepared to answer this question. Um, Oak Cliff Coffee Roasters is in my neighborhood. I usually drink Oak Cliff coffee. um, And... As far as my uh, favorite cafe or local uh, coffee shop, it would be um, Peaberry Coffee. It's a new coffee shop in Central Oak Cliff, the only coffee shop in Central Oak Cliff. Uh, And they have started a line of iced coffees that are absolutely wonderful. And they are called Keastwood Coffee, Keastwood Iced Coffee. Uh, and actually, just today, they released a new flavor, lavender and oat milk. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They are phenomenal. That sounds great. Phenomenal. And, and they are my neighbors. And so I love them dearly. Peaberry Coffee oh. and Oak Cliff Coffee Roasters.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, we've definitely had Oak Cliff Coffee Roasters a few times. And, and I know they're sold also at uh, Central Market, mm-hmm. I think. And we've bought some stuff through them uh, in other times. Um, and then Peaberry, we'll have to check them out. So we don't, we don't make it down to Oak Cliff all that often, but when we do, it's usually a, it's usually a day outing. Yes. Well, and then the last question I need to ask you about is uh, just something or someone who's inspiring you right now. What can you share with us?
2: Um, Oh man. Uh, Yeah. I'm reading about six or seven books at the moment. um, But the one person in history that is really inspiring me at the moment is St. Romanos, St. Romanos, the Melodist. Uh, he was a 6th century Syrian saint who was a deacon in the, um, the Hagia Sophia in Constantinople. Um, and it was a Melodist. He, he earned the title, the, the Romanos the Melodist, and was just an incredible poet and Melodist uh, who was given his gift divinely. Uh, he was not, uh, as, as, uh, history tells us, um, he was, he had a horrible voice. (laughs) He, he, he had a croaky voice and everyone made fun of him for how terrible his voice was. Uh, but then one morning or one evening he had a dream and he woke up from that dream and he, he was asked to sing, um, uh, because they sing the readings in in the Orthodox Church. And, uh, and he sang this beautiful story. And some of his melodies and some of his words are still used in the divine liturgy today, you know, 1,500 years wow. later. Uh, St. Yeah. Romanos the Melodist is inspiring me, uh, especially because um, I feel like I have a very similar vocation, uh, a, yeah. a similar calling in this world to bring melody uh, uh, into the world, to display the beauty of God to the world.
0: Yeah. Hey, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, I'd never heard of uh, heard of St. Romano's. So I'll check that out as well. So, well, again, Ron, thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit more and uh, hope everybody else uh, takes as much from it as I have as well.
2: Well, thank you so much again for inviting me, Robert. This was wonderful.
1: was such a great conversation. I know so much more about Lent than I did.
0: Yeah. You know, it was just a, it was a good conversation. I really enjoyed having Ryan uh, on the show and talking to him and just the practical aspects of starting to investigate liturgical practices, uh, maybe even Lent, you know, and that's one reason we wanted to have him on, right? So if our listeners wanted to pick up a practice or, um, Maybe just walk, like as he was saying, walk with Christ through kind of his, uh, the 40 days and, and his death and then ultimately resurrection at Easter, um, you know, just a, a new way to grow in our relationship with Christ. And so I'm excited to, to hopefully put in a, a new practice and um, observe it for the first time, honestly. Yeah. Other than maybe giving something up. You know, I feel like I've fasted some things over Lent before, but never really understanding fully what it meant or why I was doing it even.
1: Well, I like his um, his point of saying maybe you try something new, even like yes. something you you don't normally do, but um, trying something different that will help you have a closer walk with Christ. Right, um, and and seeing, giving it forty days to try it out and see if it's something you want to incorporate more regularly, or if it's something that you do periodically, or um, or maybe it's just for those forty days and you don't ever do it again. Yeah. Uh, but it gives you a different perspective and a different practice to participate in to make it new to you and and kind of maybe shake off some cobwebs or get you out of a rut.
0: Right, right. Well, one of the things he said, he said, it, you know, it helps us repent and reorder our rhythms into Christ. And that really hit home with me Um, because without Christ's death, as Ryan was saying, without Christ's death, this this doesn't exist. Christianity right. does not exist. And our faith, our beliefs are built around Christ, around His death and around His resurrection. And so... To be able, to, like he said, once a year, and really we probably need to do it more than once a year, but even just once a year to be able to repent and reorder our rhythms into Christ was really profound to me. It really stood out.
1: Yeah. Well, I know in, in my faith journey, sometimes I get stuck um, just kind of on autopilot and repeat. Um, and I do feel like being intentional during this time of Lent um, could help me change that.
0: Yeah. One other thing I really liked uh, that he said is that it's really going from rules to rails, right? It's not about keeping the rules. It's about getting on the rails, Right. something that helps bring us closer to Christ and to walk closer with Christ. And so that really stood out to me as well. Just so much good stuff.
1: Lots of good stuff.
0: And of course, we've had Oak Cliff Coffee Roasters and uh, use that at home. But the new Peaberry that he was telling us about that's only like t- 20 minutes away from us. We have to go try that. Yeah. Those iced coffees sound amazing.
1: Yeah, but it's like below freezing right now. Well, so, not right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, we're not going to do that anytime soon. In fact, we've got a winter storm moving in this weekend in Dallas, Texas, of all places. It hasn't happened. It's going to be like a historical storm, they're saying. And, it's so
1: cold. I'm not even leaving the house.
0: Right. And it's already iced and had some snow flurries this morning. And the real storm's not supposed to move in until tomorrow and... Uh, the, f- the following day. Right. So I'm looking forward to it personally, but I am a little upset that you fixed the last of our favorite coffee this morning, Wildfire from Summer Moon Coffee.
1: I'm so sorry.
0: and y- I really wanted it. I... No, I'm glad you fixed it. It was great. But, but
1: I'm you're just, upset that I fixed it.
0: <laughs> but I'm upset that you used all of it. You should have multiplied it, you know? There was no pulled way a, to...
1: Mu- it was all the miracle was there. Pulled a
0: miracle like Jesus and multiplied it before you used I, it or something.
1: I don't have that power. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we still have plenty of good coffee in our in our drawer, but...
1: There's uh, Velvet yeah. Blaze and Sweet and Viennese.
0: I know. We what? have plenty of coffee. I just I just in, have been enjoying Wildfire so much. And it's our new favorite from Summer Moon, really really.
1: i know Uh, and i was supposed to go today to get more i know but the roads are too slick to travel so i'm sorry
0: no that's okay i know it's my fault that you don't travel on roads well kind of i mean you just you don't like doing it but i also don't like you doing it
1: i'm no good at it because you won't let me practice
0: (laughs) that might be right but that's a totally different show we may have to talk about that at some point but not right now Let's just move on. Okay, we'll move on. Well, folks, we we hope you have enjoyed this conversation with Ryan Flanagan. Uh, I know I sure have. I hope you were able to take some stuff from it as well and and integrate into your life. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what uh, what spoke to you today. What was your favorite part of the the talk, maybe out of the last two episodes? And do you have some further questions? Hey, we may have Ryan on again in a few weeks to talk about some of the questions that was raised. Um, and, uh, we'd love to be able to ask him some of your questions. If you have some, shoot us a DM over on Instagram or Facebook, or you can email us at info at coffee time conversations, join the conversation. That's what it's all about. We'd love to hear from you. Well, I guess that's going to do it for this episode. We hope you stay warm, stay dry, have some fun in the snow. If the, uh, polar vortex is bringing snow your way and have a cup of coffee
1: and a conversation.
0: There you go. We will talk to you again soon.
1: Bye.